So remember them in prayer and pray for them. All right, uh, let's get to this afternoon. I, I get anxious to get to these messages. Uh, turn with me again to Mark 5, same chapter, same chapter, and let's all stand as we honor God's Word by standing. Mark, the fifth chapter, and uh, I'm going to begin reading in the 35th verse. Now, Jesus had just got through talking to the the helpless woman. Now, he says, while he yet spake, verse 35, while he yet spake, there came from a, there came from the ruler of the synagogues, I'm sorry, let me get this, there there came from the ruler of the synagogues, um, house certain, huh, synagogues house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead, why troublest thou the master any further? He heard these words. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him. Save Peter and James, Peter, James, and John, the brother, the brother, Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And he called to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the turmoil, and they that wept and wailed greatly. And when he had come in, he said unto them, Why make ye this ado, and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entered into where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha kumi, which simply just means, um, it simply just means a damsel arise. And being interpreted damsel, I say unto thee, Arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of an age of twelve years. And they were astonished when a great, with a great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it, and commanded that something should be given her to eat. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. Thank you for the blessings of it. Thank you for the time we have together today, Lord. We're thankful for these messages that you've given us and lord i pray you'll give us more of them lord so we can preach these messages and and preach uh, this the helplessness of people uh, when it comes to sometimes sickness sometimes it comes to being saved lord uh, uh the helpless that we are and saving ourselves it's just we just can't do it and lord but we're thankful that you do save us we're thankful you're still saving people just as the old song says that we just sang Jesus saves, and I know he does. I know he's still saving. And, Lord, I just pray that you'll bless us and everything. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Oh, we talk about a helpless potentate. These were, man, it's raining out there, isn't it? These, uh, these were, um, I'm going to say this before I get started. Uh, Emily called me uh, during lunch. And she said that there's a couple at their church that their little 12-year-old boy had a knee surgery and he died. 
and he got a blood clot in his leg and it went to his heart and he died and uh but she said it's amazing i think it happened yesterday but she said it's amazing they were in church today and i I thought that was emily thought that was something else that they would be in church but uh she said to pray for them uh and to pray that the lord will see fit to watch over them because said they are of course you know uh very very bereaved over the fact that the little boy died but he was 12 years old so remember, I, I thought about that when I read this, that this little girl was 12 years old uh, when she died. We won't talk about a helpless potentate. Jesus was in the same place as he was when he healed a woman with an issue of blood. While he was there, there came the ruler of the synagogue. He was, he was speaking, of, speaking in a place of Jairus, who was actually the head of the synagogue in in, Jairus and of a certain house now I want you to keep that certain house in mind because it uh, he he never tells us where that house is he never tells us what that house is he never tells us what kind of house that is he just said it's a certain house now you've got to remember that when the Lord deals with people he deals with certain people he don't just deal with everybody he, he knows who he's going to deal with. He knows who he's dealing with. And he deals with certain people. So here we have a certain house that, that, that was, that this, this ruler of the synagogue represented. And it was a certain house. He certainly, he certainly didn't know that it was a house of a potentate because, uh, because, uh, Jairus was a potentate. This guy, this fellow was speaking on behalf of Jairus here to Christ. But it's, again, it's amazing that someone comes and they are, uh, uh, they are, um, of this caliber. And, and as soon as he got done talking to this woman, they wanted to talk to him. You know, that's the way it is. That's what happens, you know. Soon as, soon, sometimes soon as you get done talking to others, somebody wants to talk to you. And that's, that's, that's what it amounts to. It is amazing that Jairus already knew about that certain house. Jairus, Jairus knew about that certain house. You didn't have to, you didn't have to call it a certain house because Jairus knew that certain house was his house. But the fact is that Jesus said that, uh, the, uh, that, uh, that he came from a certain house. Jesus, as he knew about the certain, uh, uh, house, he knew about the certain, um, uh, 12 year old who had never in his life thought that I'm sorry, the, never thought, in his world thought that he would meet Jesus. I did not know that Jesus was seeking me. He, he, he didn't know that. He didn't know that Jesus was seeking him. Like this ruler and like the woman, I'm sorry, I'm, 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 let me get this all straight. Jesus, as he knew about the certain, a certain 22 year old, never in his life thought that he would ever meet Jesus. Now 22 year old was me. That's who I'm referring to here. That the fact is that I didn't know that I was a certain 22-year-old that Jesus was seeking. I, I didn't know that. And as I said this morning, it's just no difference in what I said this morning and what I said this afternoon. It's all the same. Jesus comes seeking. He finds and he saves. That's just simple enough. You know, he, he seeks out. It doesn't make any difference if it was, uh, if it's today, tomorrow, next week, or whenever it is. Jesus seeks out and he finds. 
and, and whatever he does, whatever he is going to do, or if it's healing someone, or whatever it is, he seeks out, he finds, and he does it. Now, like this ruler and like the woman with an issue of blood, Jesus startled me when he called me to salvation. I, I, didn't, I didn't know at the time what was really happening to me. I didn't know at the time that, that I would get to so distraught over my sins. And, and, you know, I'm proud of my sins. I was when, when I, I was proud of my sins, you know. I was proud to say that I was doing this and could do that and do all of this. I mean, I, I was proud to, to tell people that. But it startled me when I realized that Jesus called me to salvation. Because why is he, why is he messing with somebody like me? Why would he take the time to mess with somebody like me? Why would anybody take the time? Why, my, my own parents wouldn't take the time to mess with me. I mean, uh, why, why would he do it? I mean, why, why would, uh, uh, why would anybody do that? And I still say that same thing today. You know, why would anybody take their time to be, uh, uh, to be thoughtful of me? You know, we, we think sometimes when nobody thinks about us, well, why would anybody do it? I think today, why would anybody do it? What, what reason? What reason have I done except preach to people, tell them about Jesus? What reason would I have for people to have their thoughts upon me? But that's what happens. That's exactly what happens. And let me tell you, it's it's a wonderful thing. So we're we're like that. I didn't know then what was going on, but I know now. When Jesus heard the words, Thy daughter is dead, he told the ruler, Be not afraid, only believe. Isn't that amazing? Now, if somebody comes and tells you that the daughter's dead, what do you do? You know, you don't tell them only believe. Now, that, there's, there's a key to this, too. There's a reason for this. And, and I wanted to get to this part of this message because that's a reason for that. The reason for that, for him saying there that um, he's on, only believe, Jesus knew of a certain house and he knew of a certain daughter and he knew who he was going to take with him to the certain house. He took Peter, James, and John. And when he got to the certain house, he said, What make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. That's important. That's important. Why Why in the world are you standing over squalling? Why in the world are you going on like you're going? Just like Emily. It's amazing that I was going to preach this message. But Emily was telling me today that uh, people at church just they, they they were just amazed that that couple came to church today. That right after their son died, they was just amazed that they came to church. And Emily said they just moved to Lexington from Quigley, uh, from Quincy, I think it is Quincy, Kentucky. They just had moved there. Uh, if I know what I know about Quincy, it's not much of a place. But um, but at any rate. They came. Now, you know, there's a great ado, ado when people pass away. There is. And, and, you know, uh, my, my sister, I was with my sister when she passed away. There wasn't a great ado when she passed away. Her daughter believed that her mama was saved and, uh, and she passed away with my, her daughter had a, had her cell phone in her ear and she was playing her gospel songs. 
when she passed away. All just calm, nobody crying, nobody going on. There, there was really no ado. I preached her funeral. There was no ado. I preached her funeral, and and uh, why, why do you think that is? You just think people didn't care? Sure, they cared. Sure, they cared. Yes, I cared that that was my sister, but I know my sister, and I know that other than her going kind of awry when my brother-in-law passed away, but but knowing that she had come back and knowing that she had told me that that she didn't agree with where she was going, and that's the reason I told her, I said, we don't need to be going over there. But she she finally recognized the fact that she shouldn't even be going to that place she was going. But uh, what was he to do? You know, that's what Jesus said. Now think about this for just a moment. You know, I think about it, and I may be preaching on it soon, but I think about it when the, when the man come to Jesus and Jesus had asked him to do something. He said, well, I can't. He said, I got to bury my father. He passed away. What did Jesus tell him? Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. He said, you, you follow me. He said, I'm more important than the dead. Now think about that for just a moment. Why would Jesus be that cruel? Why would any preacher be that cruel? And there are not any preachers that cruel today that would tell a family, you know, not to mourn over their, their dead loved ones. But Jesus told him, said, you, said, you, said, I'm more important than your father. Said, you let the dead bury the dead and said, you follow me. Said, that's what's important. And I'm telling you today, that is the most important thing in your life when you're a child of God is to follow Jesus. Not follow the world, not, not get involved in the culture. You know, the problem we got today Everybody, even people at church here, they're involved in the culture out there. Whatever, what the what is the culture out there? Well, some of the things that they do, that the world does, we want to do them too. We get involved in the culture and what the culture is like. And that's not what God would have us do. And you're going to see what I'm talking about here in just a minute when we get a little further down here. You know, the Bible says, uh, concerning this, it says when, when Jesus told them, it says, what is all the ado and weep and the damsel is not dead but sleepeth? Well, the Bible says, and they laughed him to scorn for saying that. They laughed him to scorn. But when he was, but, but when he had put them out, he taketh the father and mother of the damsel and those that were with him and entered into where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha Kumi, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. He put them all out. Now, was it, was that cruel? They, they were in there crying and going on about their daughter, the daughter being dead. He put them all out. Just he, all, all he left in there was his father and his mother. But before he went in where the damsel was lying, the father and the mother and those that came with him. He put the rest of them out. Think about that for just a moment. We know that the 12-year-old girl got up and began to walk at the astonishment of all who were in the room at that time. How come he put all the unbelieving people out of there? That's what they were. They were unbelieving people. Now listen. Listen, I mean, this is this, this key thing right here. 
Now, we talk, we're talking about helpless people. You know, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do to bring your loved one back. You can cry all day long. You can, you can cry for months. We had a lady in Kentucky that, that, that cried over her mama for eight years. Her mama died when I first went to Calvary. And I preached her mama's funeral. And that, that lady would come to church and she'd cry, sit there and cry every Sunday over her mama for eight years. And she would tell me, she'd come to me, she'd say, Brother Paul, she'd say, or brother, they call me Brother Jackson. She said, Brother Jackson, she said, uh, I just can't get over my mama passing away. Well, let me tell you folks, Jesus put them out. So what in the world are you all doing? What in the world, why, why are you in here? This, all this ado going on. That word ado means all the, all the things that were going on because the, the little girl was dead. All the things that's going on. Now, he put them out. He put the unbelieving out of there and he did what he foreordained he would do. He tells us if we really believe, now listen to me. He says if we really believe, if we believe the one who died believed, then this should be a time of rejoicing. This shouldn't be a time of crying. It should be a time of rejoicing. It'll be we ought to rejoice when when we when we believe that one dies and goes to heaven. My goodness, if not if not rejoicing, we ought to be jealous that they they got there before we did. That's what Brother Joe Wilson said. Brother Joe Wilson told me we went up there to. To uh, Tulsa to see him, Brother Troy, Brother John Pruitt and I flew up to Tulsa to see Brother Joe before he passed away. And Brother Joe said, all of y'all, he said, every one of y'all, he said, he said, y'all jealous, aren't you? And someone said, what are we jealous of? He said, I'm going to get to see Jesus before y'all are. And, and, and just like Brother Sam Wilson said one time, Brother Sam Wilson said, if you want to know how to die, he said, Go visit my daddy. He said, you'll learn how to die. Well, this this sort of backs it up right here. Jesus put them all out. Jesus said, what, what are y'all doing this for? And he put them all out. Now, if we're to understand a helpless potentate, we must see the faith of the ruler in Jairus. They had some faith. They had faith before they ever went there. Now, think about that for just a moment. They had faith that they would go... And find Jesus, who had just, who had just, the woman was just healed of issue of blood. They had faith that, that they waited their turn to speak. It wasn't their turn to speak yet. They waited their turn to speak, and they spoke. And they told him, they said, uh, and 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 Jesus overheard them. Jesus overheard them and said, "Y'all talking about somebody died?" He already knew about the little girl. He did. He knew about the little girl. He said, y'all talking about it? She said, she's not dead. She said, she sleeps. I said, what in the world? What are y'all doing? I said, she's not dead. I said, she sleeps. And, and y'all out here talking about it. You all have, you, and, and some, of the, some of them said, well, don't bother him. He, he, he don't have time to mess with you now. He, he said, why are you going to bother me? He said, the little girl is not dead. She's sleeping. He already knew about the little girl. Isn't that amazing? 
He already knew about the little girl. He already knew she died. He already knew, he already knew everything about her. He knew what she died of. He knew everything. The faith of the ruler and the Jairus. And, and, and they, had, they had gotten faith. God had given them faith to go and talk to him. Just like God has to give you faith to go and talk. He has to give you the faith. You're not going to talk. You're not going to talk, you know, just like I tell people. People says, well, you know, uh, I prayed a prayer. You know, you're not, you, you can pray a prayer that don't mean anything. But let me tell you, you're not going to pray a prayer until you're saved. Because Jesus does not listen to sinners. The Bible says he doesn't. It says he doesn't listen to sinners. So if you pray, you, you, you only can pray to God after you're saved. So these people, just like the, the man that went up to the temple to pray, that man was already saved. That publican was already saved. Well, before he went up there, he was saved. He went up there and, and he, he talked to the Lord. He couldn't have talked to the Lord if he hadn't have been saved. And poor old Pharisees, all they did was talk about themselves. We're not like other men. We don't do as other men do. We, we don't, we don't stay out of church. We go, we go when the doors open. We don't, we don't keep our, we don't keep what belongs to the Lord. We give it. We, and they said, we're not like other men. And, and they talked about themselves. But what did that publican do? He went up there and he couldn't so much as look up. He smote on his chest and, 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 and said, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Every one of us need to cry that out. Every day, me, you, everybody else, we need to say, Lord, have mercy on us. We're sinners. We're sinners. We can talk about sin all day long, but we're sinners. We're sinners, and we, we, we need to talk to Jesus about it. So the faith, they had faith to go out in the crowd and speak to Jesus about the need in the synagogue, how, how, how we calm, how we clam up when there is a crowd around, especially of those who would be offended if we spoke about the Jesus who was the Savior of our worthless soul. You know, we clam up. We can't say anything. Everything gets good. The crowd gets good. The dancing gets good. The, the, all this gets good and everything. We can't say a word about Jesus. We're sitting there with them. We're sitting there with them with liquor in front of us. And we're sitting there everything. We're doing all this stuff. We can't say a word because... We're ashamed. We're ashamed of ourselves. And we make our kids ashamed of themselves too. Let me tell you, they can't say anything. You know, you, you can't, you can't sit there and drink with a man and then say something about him drinking. That's like the man that called me up one time and said, you got a church member. You got, said, you got a deacon that drinks every day. And I said, how do you know? He said, because I'm in there with him. I said, what are you doing in there with him? I said, you shouldn't be in there either. And the man got upset with me. He got upset with me when I told him that. He said, well, I thought you'd want to know. I said, well, I said, I do want to know, but I said, it's not up to you to tell me. I said, it's up to that deacon to tell me. And that's the same way it is with the Lord. It's not up with, up to me to talk to the Lord for you. You need to talk to the Lord yourself. You need to be able to talk to Him yourself. And if you're saved and you believe, you can talk to Him too. These two here, this, uh, this, uh, ruler and Jairus, they had faith. They had faith enough that they could talk to the Lord. 
They could talk to the Lord. They could have gone out there and uh, among the crowd and, and, and they could people talking about, oh, you know, Jairus' daughter's dead. Jairus' daughter's dead. Jairus' daughter's dead. Y'all know? Jairus' daughter's dead. And Jesus said, why are you carrying on like that? So she's not dead. So she's just asleep in that. If offended, especially those who, who we think will be offended, Jesus, uh, Jesus knows of our faith. He knows of our faith. You say, I've, I've got faith today. He knows whether you've got faith or not. You say, well, I believe today. He knows whether you believe or not. You can say it all day long. If Jesus doesn't know you believe, then you don't believe. He knows whether you believe or not. He knows whether you have faith or not. And he knows all about you. He knows everything about you. You can talk all day long. You can go all day long. You can tell yourself all day long, I believe, I believe, I believe, I go around all day long, I believe, I believe, I believe. It don't amount to hill of beans unless Jesus knows you really believe. He knows whether you believe or not in that. He knows about the faith and we, and, and he knows more about our faith than we know about our faith. He knows more about it. Now, if we're to understand a helpless potentate, we must see the seeking Christ. Christ came there that day for two reasons. We didn't, we didn't talk nothing about the second reason Christ came there this morning. Christ came there that day for two reasons. He went out, he went out and drew that crowd for two reasons. And it was because of that certain woman. And it was because of that certain house that he knew that he was going to be visiting. That's the reason when they came out and they started talking, he already knew what was going on. He, he, he just stopped them right off. And he said, y'all just need to shut up. You know, the, woman, the, girl is not, the girl is not dead, she's asleep. The seeking Christ. Now listen to this, folks. Listen, Jesus seeks his sheep in the castles, in the swamps, in the poor section of Kentucky, in the poorest houses of Georgia, in the poor houses of Georgia, in the more up-to-do houses in Georgia, and in the houses of his elect, wherever they might be, even in the not-so-popular churches, he seeks his people. He seeks his people. You know, you can be the sorriest preacher ever was, but he still seeks his people. It's just not the oratory is nothing. It's nothing. I mean, since the Lord saved me and I've been preaching, it, my preaching's got better. But that, that, that has nothing to do with it. Has nothing to do with it. I heard that uh, fellow in Houston, Texas down there, you know, he, he was talking about how that they asked him, they interviewed him. I can't remember his name now, but they interviewed him. And they asked him, they said he got that great crowd of 40, 50,000 people. They interviewed him, and they, they asked him, they said, what do you do? He said, well, he said, I speak nicely to them. He says, I don't try to ram stuff down their throat. That has nothing to do with it. That has nothing to do with it. God can save. I'm going to tell you this story. I'm going to be closing here in just a minute. It's not a very long message. But I'm going to tell you a story about a man who was tongue-tied. 
He could, he could hardly say a word that anybody understood. He was the brother of Dr. Clarence Walker, who was a man that I met. He, he died a year after, two years after I met him. He was the chancellor of the college over there in Lexington. And he had a brother named Walter. And he wrote a book about, said, Walter doesn't live here anymore. It was, it was his sermon that he preached of his brother's funeral. Well, let me tell you why he preached that sermon. Walter came in one day, he, they, brother, 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 uh, Clarence Walker preached. Brother Walter Walker went down the aisle and, and told brother Clarence his brother. And he had to whisper to him because brother Clarence only one could understand what he was saying. And he whispered to him and, and Brother Walker said, well, now, I don't know Brother, uh, Brother, uh, his dad, his, his brother, Brother Clarence Walker, said, I don't know why Walter's down here. So he says the Lord's called him to preach. But he said, I'm going to have to talk to him. Now, he, 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 he this is in his funeral. He said, I'm going to have to talk to him. And, uh, and he said, uh, I said, I'll talk to him later. So he called Brother Walter into his office, and he said, Brother Walter, he said, are you sure? He said, people can't understand a word you're saying. He said, you, he said, you can't preach. Well, uh, about a week or two later, Brother Walter came back in his office, and he said, the church down in, the, uh, I can't remember where that is, down there in Kentucky somewhere, Said the church down there is wanting me to come preach a revival. And Brother Clarence Walker said, What? A church is wanting you to come and preach a revival? He said, Yeah. He said, They can't understand a word you're saying, Walter. But he said, I'll, I'll, Brother Walter said, I, I thought I'd break him. I thought I'd eventually get through to him. I told him, I said, Go on down there. I said, You go on down there and preach. And maybe he'll get so ashamed of himself that he'll realize he can't talk. He went down there and preached to him. Seventy-five people saved. Seventy-five souls came to the Lord. Brother Walter can't talk. It don't make any difference how good orator you are. Makes absolutely no difference. If God is using for that day, God's going to use it. It doesn't make any difference who it is. Seventy-five precious souls came to the Lord down there in, uh, I can't think, remember the name of the place. Matter of fact, I started to go to seminary. They have a seminary down there. And, uh, and, that, and, and, and Walter died later on. And brother, Ryan, brother Clarence Walker, his brother, preached his funeral. And that was, that was the title of his message. Walter doesn't live here anymore. Walter doesn't live here anymore. It doesn't make any difference, folks. If God is working with you today, he's going to work with you. If he's not, he's not. Simple. Simple enough, you know. For me to stand up here and say, if I preach better, that's what some of our brethren are saying. If we just preach better, if we just get come out better messages, there'll be more people saved. That's a hogwash. That's hogwash. 
I can tell you, sis, it's nothing to that. If God is going to save somebody, He's going to save them. If God is going to move somebody, He's going to move them. Doesn't make any difference who's preaching. Doesn't make any difference if one of you up here, both Sam's up here preaching. Don't make any difference. Both Sam don't, don't say he's called to preach, but it doesn't make any difference. God's going to use whatever he set out to do. Has God visited us today? I think so. I think he's visited us today. I really do. I think he has. All right, we're going to sing a song, Reggie. Come on. We're going to sing one this afternoon, too.